everybody welcome to ask for candy where we talk about healing self-care love sex relationships and what it takes to be amazing on the daily who i am is candace harper lovecoach.com honey and my purpose with this podcast is to create healthy romantic relationships all around the world through self-love soul connections and sweetness so before we get to that don't forget to subscribe to our audio broadcast either on apple podcasts or ask for candy on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify. iTunes and Apple Podcasts are the same thing. Spotify and wherever you normally download your podcast. You can also email us, askforcandypodcast at gmail.com. And you can leave comments and questions. And sometimes when you leave questions, you inspire topics for future shows. So for those of you who normally listen for almost nine years, I've been a relationship coach. I use strategic intervention, hypnotherapy, plus my own curriculum, which I call the Epic Healing Circle. When I do my courses, live courses, um, they are structured a foundation of the declaration of being epic. I coach epic women. Epic stands for enough, peaceful, illuminated, and courageous. And on the side, I'm also a selective matchmaker for men who are steeped in the personal growth conversation and are focused and committed to their own growth and transformation. And ladies, there are many of them out there. There are men out there who actually care about their emotional growth, their emotional development. For those of you who also care about your growth and development. So this is how I live into my purpose, the purpose of loving myself unconditionally and inspiring others to do the same, using their romantic lives as a portal, an inspiration, a catalyst to their highest possible self. Relationship coaching is my zone of genius. And the best part about it is that week to week, I get to grow and learn as I interact with hundreds of people around the most intimate parts of their lives. I get to take people on their journey from caterpillar to butterfly, unhappy with their love lives or their partners to ecstatic. I get to teach people how to get out of their own way and tap into love as a limitless resource. And most importantly of all I get to do is to be part of what supports healthy beginnings and sustainably healthy relationships. I get to be the cause of self-love, soul connection, and sweetness, honey. And so sometimes that also means getting out of my own way, right? Because, you know, I always say that your purpose is where your talents and your passions meet your challenges. And the reason that I became a relationship coach, the reason that I'm even in this conversation is because my talents and my passions have always centered around being creative, being outspoken, uh, being uh, expressive in some sort of creative way. That's my talents. And I've always been passionate about love and connection and what that really means. And, you know, even as a kid, even though I didn't know what it was, like, how do you develop empathy? Things like that. Like, how do we connect? I was always a big lover of romance novels when I was young. You know, I've always been very passionate about it. And one of my big challenges throughout life was, you know, to actually learn how to establish relationships and connections with people that really felt meaningful and felt healthy or felt uh, long lasting as if they, you know, they could sustain. And so, you know, as I overcame my own challenges or began to take a journey of overcoming my own challenges, I began to, um, you know, feel like I want to be an inspiration to others. And I want to teach others as well, which is how I ended up being a single relationship coach. Because as I posted to Facebook the other day, and I'm going to pull it up as we're sitting here, I'm sitting here in front of my computer. I posted on Facebook uh, getting into a relationship is easy, but being healthy mind, body, and spirit with or without a partner. Now that is goals. And that's challenging. That takes something like being able to be healthy in your mind, your body, and spirit, whether or not you have a partner. Cause so many of us think that if we, once we get to the other side, we will be healthy. So, you know, when I was in a bad relationship, I was like, as soon as I'm single, I'll be fine. You know, or when you're single, a lot of times we think as soon as I get in a relationship, it'll be fine. That's all I need. That's what I want. That's what I desire. I have everything else but that. What we find is that either way, 
we still have to do the work around getting healthy mind, body, and spirit. Because any change you make on the external, its effects are short-lived if they don't come from a place, you know, deep down from the core of us. So when I'm in a bad relationship with someone else, it's indication, it's a sign that I'm in a bad relationship with myself. And I was in a very bad relationship with myself because when we don't give to ourselves, we certainly cannot give to others. And I don't mean give in a narcissistic way. I mean, if we're not in unconditional loving and acceptance of ourselves, you know, we're not going to be able to sustain a healthy relationship with someone else. And when we're single and on our own and telling ourselves a story of lack, that we are not enough by ourselves, we're kind of in the same boat. You know, we're kind of focusing on what what doesn't exist. And, you know, if you know anything about manifestation, it's the focus on, you know, the thing that we focus on that we grow, the thing that we focus on that that says to the universe, oh, I'll give you more of that. So I just went on such a huge tangent just there. I don't know that that was the tangent I was planning to go on. But girl, today I want to talk about this, this how do we evolve from digital to inner relationship in real life during a pandemic. Now, a lot of times I like to talk about stuff that I have in some way done, completed, or been successful at or seen it work, or seen what the effects are. But this particular topic, I have no uh, personal proof. I do have proof, you know, people that I've matched together who have have made the the transition from being completely single to being in a relationship and actually seeing someone face-to-face. I do have that proof. Like, I've caused it for other people in some way, or I've been part of other people making it happen. But me personally, I mean, you know, for those of you who've listened or been listening, you know that for the last, you know, few years, I've been like purposefully single, like had a lot of healing to do after my last relationship and, you know, wanted to just be on my own for a while and do, you know, that thing I'm talking about, learn how to be healthy mind, body and spirit, whether in a relationship or not. Like learn how to get my body in shape and, you know, be happy with that, learn how to know myself, love myself, know what I needed, you know, sexually, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you know, on a deep level, a full understanding of myself, right? So during that time, all of a sudden we got locked down for a pandemic. And so now I've been sort of evolving out of the space where I have to be by myself. I mean, Lord knows there's been an abundance of isolation over this time. And so I don't feel like I have to be by myself anymore. I don't feel a sense of lack in being by myself, but, but I do desire a partner and I desire someone who, um, you know, aligns, aligns with me and aligns with, you know, what I've learned about myself. And I desire to align with someone who is, you know, learned about themselves as well. And I'm sure that that's true of most of you who listen to this podcast, because I don't think you would if it, if it weren't true. And so, you know, I want to, I guess I want to talk about going from digital to real life, what that's really going to mean and what's possible as far as that's concerned. And as you're listening, I want you to be thinking of, especially if you're out there and you're listening and you've done it. Going from, you know, meeting somebody, whether on a dating app, through a matchmaker, or, um, you know, I don't know, some sort of random way through work or something like that. I don't necessarily recommend meeting people through work, but, you know, if you do, let's say you're working remotely and, you know, George, who used to be in the other cubicle, he's at home too, and now you see him and see him in a different light because there's this digital conversations you need to have, and all of a sudden you're attracted to each other. Like, you know, through everything that we're dealing with now with all the vaccines and the this and the that and the wearing two masks and, you know, all the different social rules and the social distancing and, and all of that stuff. Like, what is, you know, how do we even do this? <laughs> How do we even make this happen, this this transition from digital to real life? Now, one thing I noticed is that uh, the clients of mine who have, have done it easily have also been somewhat 
ignoring of the social rules and the social, um, you know, and the scientific sort of information that we get on the, from the CDC about, you know, how we should keep our distance and all of that stuff. Like, you know, there's those people who aren't really, don't really care so much about meeting face to face, you know, some it varies because some people, you know, they want to wear their mask and then they don't mind taking their mask off at any time. And, you know, whatever judgments you may have around that, whatever moral judgments you may have around that, um, you know, I think that it it's, it's hard because part of it is, is an individual choice, but also part of it is that we have to like protect our whole society, our whole community, right? So that people aren't contracting COVID. And there's a lot of different theories out there around, you know, what, not, not necessarily the science of how you catch it, but the likelihood, you know, the, the frequency of people catching it and, you know, whatever. I'm not going down that whole road because you hear enough about it on the news and we hear from Dr. Fauci and the CDC and all of that. But there are people who are just, you know, going ahead and barreling through and saying, oh, let's just meet. Now, for those of us who have some level of, you know, wanting to be careful, not wanting to get COVID or transmit COVID or, you know, be part of the masses who you know, might be transmitting COVID or just want to have some some level of uh, uh, reverence to that we are a community and a society and we do want to have this pandemic end. Those of us who are, you know, mask wearers and stay-at-homers and social distancers and, you know, just doing our best to follow the rules the best way we know how, how do we do this thing? Because we still got to have love. We still got to have hugs and cuddles and um, in real life interaction. And, you know, family don't cut it in the, in the big picture. Like over an amount of time when you desire love. Like when you're ready for a partner. You know, friends don't cut it. I mean, they're great to have. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, they might not necessarily fulfill the desire um, you know, to have romantic love in your life during this pandemic. And so, you know, I was thinking about some different possibilities because I'm, you know, the way I sort of live my dating life, there's always somebody who I could call or text and, you know, get things started with and, you know, maybe, uh, date them. Normal times when there's no pandemic, there's always at least three or four people I, I know I could call and start dating them you know, sort of in my role. And I don't even mean that in any sort of like arrogant way. It's just, that's just the way it is. It's not always the same three people, but there's always at least a handful of people that if I wanted to just call them and start dating them, I could do that. Now, enter the pandemic and enter all the social rules and enter the age factor too. Because I think those of us in our like 40s, 50s, and 60s with this whole dating thing and the pandemic thing and the digital thing, it's an interesting navigation, right? Like, you know, getting used to the idea of Zoom dates. And what I notice is that a lot of my older guys, you know, with matchmaking and with personal life just aren't really that excited to do Zoom dates. (laughs) They're not really that into it. You know, there it takes a little level of 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 um uh not coercion, but you know, coaxing them into the idea of it. Some are. I mean, you know, let me not generalize. I've had some matchmaking clients who are like, Oh yay, let's just jump on the Zoom, you know, no big deal. But for the most part, I feel like it's a little bit of a challenge for these older dudes. And, you know, and I date the older dudes, so you know, like I mainly date guys who are in their 50s. I like guys who are in their 40s, but you know, guys always think that they need to have a woman who's 10 years younger, so you know, I'm not looking to I'm not looking to to in the face of, you know, resistance. Like if you want a younger woman, go ahead. If that's your thing, I'm not I'm not looking to try to convert anybody's preferences in that way. I know, you know, who I am and and I know what kind of, you know, stuff comes with certain ages and certain levels of experience and things like that. And so, you know, I tend to like men who are a little bit older than me or my own age. And I notice that a lot of them just aren't that Zoom savvy. They're not that savvy about digital dating. 
Now, couple that with really wanting to be in my feminine energy. So now that I've decided that I do desire a relationship again, I know that I don't like, you know, any of these guys that I I could call. I'm in like this feminine energy place that if they're not making a whole lot of effort, then I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't care. Like I'm just not. (laughs) And I know that might sound a little bit archaic and a little bit of old fashioned. You guys know who regularly listen that I do have some old fashioned, um, kind of paradigms when it comes to dating structure. I'm not a chaser. I'm not saying that I've never chased anyone because I went through a a very weird low self-esteem period around my early 40s where I did a lot of chasing. And I never had to do that before. Like throughout my adult life, I never had to chase anybody. But I went through a weird period where my self-esteem was in the toilet and I started to think that I had to like be good enough for people. And it was, I don't know, it was weird. I don't even recognize myself from that time. But I know now, even at 49 years old, like I don't have any desire or need to chase after anyone. But I also noticed that people are kind of complacent, you know, complacent, scared because the pandemic, uh, self-protective, Um, you know, there's a lot of layers to this and it's understandable, right? Like, you know, those of us who don't want to get sick, we definitely don't want to contract anything from anyone. Um, you know, on top of this new thing where everything is navigated digitally, all of the early getting to know you is navigated digitally and then having to get used to that and comfortable with that on top of, A lot of people just don't feel comfortable interacting on camera. Some people don't even feel comfortable. You know, they don't think they look good in pictures and things like that, let alone on video camera, which adds weight, you know, stuff like that. And then on top of that, just the whole awkwardness of getting to know someone new. Right. So there's just so many, so many layers to this thing. So, you know, I guess the reason that I wanted to talk about it is not only that I do want to hear from you guys that listen what you think about it, especially if you've actually overcome it, but just to kind of talk through it. Because I feel like, you know, anything that we kind of can't figure out or want to figure out or want to know more about, the best possible thing that we can do is to talk it through, right? So as a person who, you know, minds the CDC, listens to Dr. Fauci, and actually cares about taking the precautions mainly if for no other reason than that it's 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 no skin off my nose to do it and if it means protecting myself and others then it's you know it's not a big deal it's not like they're asking anybody's asking me to do anything crazy or asking us to do anything crazy those of us who are who are being protective not that I'm judging anybody who's not But I just, you know, I don't think it's a big deal to wear a mask. I don't think it's a big deal to socially distance. I don't think it's a big deal to stay home, um, you know, when I don't want to stay home. I don't love it because, you know, I I miss having an easy, free social life. But I would rather do it than, you know, just be out there and not caring and acting like it doesn't matter. So with that said, how, how do you go from... Meeting somebody online, whether it's a, over a dating app or social media or, you know, someone even that you knew before, you know, like I have somebody right now who I knew from before almost 10 years ago and we never really dated or anything, but there might be interest now. So, you know, how do you start dating? He did ask me if I'd been vaccinated yet and or or do I get tested? Because he works on a job where he gets tested on a regular basis. And I had to be honest about it because I'm, I've been pretty isolated. I haven't gotten my vaccine yet. I could, but it, in New York City, it's like so hard to get an appointment still because they're just backed up, right? And then now recently with the Johnson and the Johnson, so I guess there's going to be less of them. But it's hard to get an appointment and I'm right outside the city, you know, temporarily. So being right outside the city, having to get into the city, get it, get to an appointment when I literally see maybe three to five people in person a day and most of them are socially distanced. It's like I could wait 
I mean, you know, I don't see enough people to not to to be in a rush. And I know I just said that I'm I'm, you know, trying to respect the social distancing and the CDC guidelines and everything like that, but like I literally don't come close to anybody. <laughs> and it's not even because I'm like, oh, I'm scared, I'm avoiding you. It's because usually when I'm out, I have my dog with me. My dog doesn't let anybody within six feet of me without trying to jump on them. And so most people don't want to be jumped on. And the people that I do see on a semi-regular basis, I do see them at a distance. So, you know, I, I have regular people that I see on my morning walks with my dog, my evening walks with my dog. And those people are usually either across the street or they're, you know, 10 feet or more away. We always say hi, you know, exchange niceties and all of that stuff. And literally, those are the only people that I see every day. I come back to my little cottage where I am with my dog. And for the most part, unless, you know, I go out to the store, which I'm totally masked, totally distancing if I go to any stores, which is very rare. But every now and then when I do, you know, there's just no rush for me to to get the vaccine just yet, even though I am going to get it. And getting tested hasn't been a big rush either because... If I have had it, I've I've had no symptoms, at least not any time since before we got locked down. And, um, you know, like I said, if I have had it, I'm not even coming close enough to anybody to transmit it for a long time now. So I say all of that to say that starting something new with someone for me, and there's been a couple people that I that I had, you know, brief sort of dating, if you want to call them dating, because it's totally digital, uh, interactions with. Early on, when we were first locked down, there was a guy that I was um, having regular Zoom dates with for a couple of months, and we did finally meet in person. That was when it was still very questionable as to what would make sense as far as meeting people. And we did eventually meet in person. We did not wear masks, because I think that was when they were still saying, don't wear masks because save all the masks for essential workers. Um, And it was interesting because we had all these Zoom dates where we seemed to really click. I mean, when I look back on it now, I think even during the Zoom dates, there was like parts of it was like, eh, I don't know about this. But we seemed to really click on the Zoom. And then when we met in person, it's just like the energy was totally different. We still went on the date. Like we met on person. He met in person. He came to pick me up. We went um, to Jones Beach, I believe, drove to Jones Beach and went and got ice cream or we ate picnic on Jones Beach. And then we went and got ice cream afterwards. And, you know, it was pleasant enough. We had some nice conversations. It just wasn't, you know, it just didn't feel like, you know, any sort of real romantic connection anymore. And I don't know if that was strictly like the physical thing or what. But I didn't like the way that he smelled. And no, that sounds sound that might sound crazy to some people, but I do think that that's a big factor. You know, I always say when I'm matchmaking, there's three points I'm always trying to hit: lifestyle, core values, and physical attraction. And under the umbrella of physical attraction, being somebody who is not luxist, like if you look at my history of people that I've I've been in long term relationships with. I mean, you won't see a whole lot of like pageant winners. (laughs) My last one, you know, he, I always say he was ugly cute, kind of like in a Vin Diesel kind of way. And my 13 year relationship, he wasn't, he was, he had the elements, but I wouldn't say that he'd be like a head turner on the street. Like I've never been the type that would only be in a relationship with somebody if they were extremely good looking, but under the umbrella of physical attraction, there's not just what someone looks like. There's what they smell like. There's um, that sort of intangible uh, magnetism that you feel. And I think even someone who is very luxist, if they allow themselves, could feel that with somebody who doesn't necessarily, you know, look a certain way on the outside, right? And that just wasn't there for me with him. Like he had this sort of like, too much smoking and coffee old man kind of energy and his his he just had a smell to him that wasn't unclean I'm sure he was a very clean person I don't want to sound you know 
like I'm, I'm calling out his hygiene or anything like that. It just wasn't a compatible smell. And you know, I am on some base level animal shit right now when I'm talking about that. It just wasn't a compatible smell. It was like, it was, re- it was like a repellent, but not in a, an unclean way. It wasn't like, oh, he smells gross or anything like that. It, it, he just had that sort of like coffee, cigarettes, European just kind of not a smell I'm attracted to. And I'm sure that it's a smell for someone else. So I say all of that to say, there was all that digital dating where it felt like a bond was building. And then we got in person and those elements, that physical attraction element, um, lifestyle element kind of came into play in a way that they can't come into play when you're digital dating. I'm putting that in finger quotes for a long time. Because how can you really, besides talking about it, how can you really understand fully someone's lifestyle if you're not spending time with them in person? What kind of things they enjoy? Like I think about not just romantic partners, but friendships where we were like partners in crime. And I've always had like a road dog. I've always had like a best bestie my whole adult life, you know, one would move away and then there would be somebody else who was like just someone I was just simpatico with and not necessarily, obviously romantically because, you know, these were like, you know, best girlfriends or whatever. So, you know, that factor, you, I mean, you can kind of get that on, on Zoom when you're interacting, I guess, you know, if you get each other's sense of humor and you have that kind of connection, you kind of can feel what that's like, but it's not until you're like with someone spending real time with them that you can tell whether they are like your road dog. You you can tell whether they're that kind of partner where the two of you are going to have a blast together. Um, so yeah, like after all that zoom dating, we seemed to get along great on Zoom and it seemed very sexual and romantic, you know, high flirtation, you know, that kind of thing where it's like your imagination goes to places where your panties get wet. And it's not necessarily that that person is so sexy, but whatever they're offering, whatever they're triggering in you is very, you know, turn onable or you feel very turn onable. And that's kind of what it was. And then we met. And like I said, the smell wasn't right. The chemistry wasn't there. I just, you know, I was no longer feeling that. I was just like, wah, wah, you know. So I think that's a difficulty as well. So going from digital to in real life and turning it into an in real life relationship. So there's that to overcome. How long do you let a digital thing draw out? So, you know, recently I was, uh, there was a guy who I was text messaging with and I talked about him a little bit, I think a couple weeks ago on the podcast because he ended up kind of ghosting a little bit, but we were texting and sort of sending each other videos back and forth. And I, my, my encouragement was, you know, let's at least get on zoom. We'd had one zoom conversation, um, and, you know, my whole thing was let's let's at least get on Zoom so we could at least have a period of time where we're having conversations where we're looking at each other, knowing in the back of my mind, don't get too excited because you know what happened at the beginning of the pandemic. And, you know, he just he was very agreeable, it seemed. Yeah, let's get on Zoom. Let's do it. But then he just really would want to endlessly text you know, and send me a video every now and then and then text some more and text some more. And the Zoom thing, he just would kind of blow it off. And the very last sort of interaction we had, we were going to have a Zoom. And then he was just like a no show. I mean, we didn't have a link or anything like that. It wasn't like a full standing up, but we had talked about it. We'd agreed on it. And then that was it. I didn't hear from him around the time that we said we were going to do it. And we hadn't, you know, I couldn't even feel personally hurt by it because the, our interactions that we had were mostly texting. And then the times that we talked on the phone, he did most of the talking. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't really feel like, I feel like whatever had him do that, it was whatever he made up about, you know, whatever he feels he knows about me. Maybe he Googled me and found things that he didn't like. I don't know. Um, but then that was the end of that. So, 
my thing now is like, so there's a couple guys that I'm sort of in touch with that they were guys that I knew before, you know, one I went out on a date with before and, and over the years has kind of like tried to drop in here and there, but very intermittently or not at all. And then another I used to work with, but was always attracted to, but never went on a date with. And so it's like, how do you actually have those kinds of interactions go from, you know, people in a pandemic who are just digitally contacting people to meeting up and turning it into, if there's a fourth wave, we are, you know, quarantining together kind of thing. And that's the conundrum. I mean, that's the sort of question, that's the solution to figure out right now, right? So, you know, in coaching and in doing what I do, this is part of what I do. Like, how do I figure out these kinds of solutions? And I usually don't try to teach anybody anything unless I've figured it out myself. And this is something that I have to honestly say that I have not figured out, you know, what the deal is or, you know, what would be the best course of action, And I'll tell you what's standing in my way. First, feminine energy thing. Like like I said, I am not looking to take the reins of any relationship and tell anybody how it's going to go. I'm fine with saying what I prefer. I'm fine with, you know, uh, being vocal about what I like, what I don't like, all of that stuff. But whether you comply with it or not is totally you know, on you as a possible partner. And if you don't want to, that's totally fine with me. Like, we just don't align, right? There's no like, you got to do this, or I, I want to be your boss, or I want to be the boss lady in the relationship. Like, I just have no interest, no desire in that. So, you know, actually communicating to someone that I'm interested in, you know, we have to do this, we have to, like, I, I'll tell you that I'd like to have a Zoom date, where I'd like to, um, you know, if you ask me to talk on the phone or whatever, I'm, I'm a yes. I'm down for the ride. I'm down for, you know, whatever they suggest. But I think that a lot of these older guys, they don't think of Zoom as a possibility. And so that kind of has to be suggested or shared if they haven't already thought about it. And then some of them don't like it or they shy away from it. So then that's another thing to sort of navigate because I'm not, you know, in the dic- dictating business, I'm not going to be like, you know, this is what we have to do next. And if they're not sort of leaning towards it, and I'm not dictating, you know, what could happen next, then that kind of stalls that part out. <laughs> so let's assume we do get to that point where it's like, we are having the Zoom date. And so, you know, my feeling is that the Zoom dates should, shouldn't last too long. I feel like if you let the Zoom dates go longer than a month, you're getting into that territory of kind of what went down with me with that that guy at the beginning of the pandemic. Because you can know someone to a certain level. And I even tell my matchmaking clients, like Zoom is great for introductory, an introductory period. If you just want to know if you can have a conversation with someone, if you just want to know, you know, some, some, random things about them, you know, if you just want to kind of get a sense of whether their sense of humor fits with yours or their, you know, their social political thinking, like Zoom is kind of good for that sort of stuff. But whether there's real energy chemistry, a a face-to-face meeting has to happen. And so then there's that next layer. So you Zoom with somebody for, let's say, a month And then the thing is, how do I then move to the next level, which is that we meet face to face or we meet socially distanced? Some people, a lot of my people as matchmaking would meet outdoors, you know, like on date, like hiking dates and things like that. And, you know, while I have all those suggestions and, you know, can come up with a lot of things, be real creative around it, I would want whoever I'm dating to be creative as well, because I'm a big believer that, and this is generalizing, but I think, you know, when someone doesn't, feels like they're doing something that's not their own idea, they don't have the same level of commitment to it. 
And I think that that can be a very masculine energy thing. Like, I, I think that masculine energy dictates that, I, you know, it's not for me to be in submission and some surrender around what someone else wants me to do. I need to make the decision that it's a choice, that I want to do it. So whether it's that I I have a partner and I'm doing things for her, I'm not doing things for her because she told me I had to. I'm doing these things for her because she wants them and I want to make her happy, I think is what they tend to be more comfortable with. So, and it's just semantics, right? Because it's the same damn thing. <laughs> but, you know, as women who date, you know, as cisgendered women who date cisgendered men, there's that. Uh, and the reason that I make the distinction is because, like I said last week, I'm not knowledgeable enough about, you know, how fe- feminine masculine energy comes into play in, in uh, uh, transgendered or uh, even in gay relationships. I mean, I've dated women before and the energy balance was something completely different. And even though I experienced a, that different energy balance, I definitely wouldn't call myself an expert on it. And even when it comes to cisgendered relationships, I don't necessarily call myself an expert on how the balance of, of masculine and feminine energy should work, but it's what I have the most experience and expertise with, and it's what I've done the most research with. So, you know, when I'm talking about this and, you know, the importance of like how masculine and feminine energy show up, I'm talking from a place of what I know, not to exclude anyone, because, you know, I believe that with you know, all of us, there, there is the concern or there is the need to focus on like, you know, how do I balance the energies? What energy is comfortable for me? And I know for me, especially at the age that I'm at, that being in my feminine energy and letting go of, of needing to be in my masculine energy feels healthiest and most comfortable to me. I want high levels of estrogen right now. I'm not looking to go into early menopause I don't need to be the boss of anything except, you know, my own company, which I do that just fine. I don't need to run anybody else. I don't need to, um, you know, be pulling any partners along for my ride or forcing them to do what I want them to do. Um, But I also am very clear that whoever I date, whoever I partner with, I do want us to have an actual, you know, trajectory from meeting online to, you know, whether it's we meet online or whatever, to just in online interaction or tech interaction to real life. You know, so there's the conundrum, like how to be in the, in the feminine energy. Now, there might be some of you out there who are like, I don't care. I'm going to let him know. I want to call him. I call him when I want to. And when I'm ready to get together, I'll just say, look, I want to go out on a date. Let's get together. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just say what I want. And I do think there's something to be said for that saying what you want. And I think it's okay that if you say what you want and they're like, Oh no, I don't want to do what she wants. And they're out then they're good. Cause then, you know, you're dealing with somebody who's not aligned with what you want. But I also think there's a dance. There was a dance in expressing what you want and not attaching it to that person. Because I think when we express what we want and we attach it to that person having to come through with it, that sounds needy, bossy, pushy, um, masculine energy. And maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. I'm open to the possibility that I'm totally making that up. Maybe my ladies out there who you know, they feel like they sort of took the role of, of commanding their relationship to, to move forward. Maybe they would, they would say otherwise. Um, you know, most of what I've seen as examples and even in my own experience with it and my research and questioning of others, it's like how you start a relationship is how you continue a relationship. So, you know, if you had to be the boss, the commander, the one who pushed things along in the beginning, just know that 10 years, 20 years down the road, you're still the one bossing, pushing, you know, cajoling, coaxing, pulling, forcing, and, you know, using different tactics to try to get that person to do the things you want them to do. And I just don't know about that. (laughs) Not just don't know about it, but just am not interested in that. Like, 
you know, I'm not going to say that I was never bossy with anyone, but I don't know. I think about relationships that I've been in and I, you know, going into that direction where it's like, I got to coax you to do anything like, you know, make sure that you're taking me out on dates or, you know, I got to complain for you to do nice things for me or I got to, you know, let you know every next step to advance the relationship or I got to be, and I, you know, my 13 year relationship, it did get to a point where I was like, I'm ready for marriage. When are we getting married? You know, are you going to marry me? And I just like, I look back on those days and it's, I'm very cringy about that. Cause I was in a different mindset back then. I mean, I'm glad that we didn't end up married because, you know, obviously our, our lives were going in completely different directions, but you know, it just, I'm not proud of that, that behavior. I mean, it wasn't effective. And I think for a lot of people, it does end up being effective and they get in the relationship, but it's like, do you want to spend your entire relationship pushing, pushing it forward? Do you want to spend your entire relationship being the masculine energy, being the one who forces it to happen, being the one who, if you don't initiate it, nothing's going to happen. And so I think that's what I kind of struggle with, with my own uh, personal experience uh, as far as dating is concerned, is that I just don't want to do that with anybody, especially not at this stage of my life and going forward. I don't want anybody that I got to drag along. Like if he's not 100% all in doing whatever needs to be done, as far as I want to see you, I know you're my woman, I know you're the one I want to talk to, and I want to talk to you whenever I want to talk to you. And if you're not available, that's okay, because I'm going to find another time to talk to you. I want to use whatever technology I need to use in order to talk to you. I want to make sure that we don't go too long on technology and that we find a way to safely meet in real life and, um, you know, then push that forward until we feel comfortable, whether it means that we've both gotten vaccines or we're making sure that we're tested and then you know, interacting with each other physically. And I want someone who is clear that I'm the one that they want to do that for. That also takes, you know, taking the time to have conversations and getting to know a person to know, like, this is the one I want to do that for. And so for men, I think a lot of times, you know, having that feeling has to do with, I meet you, And I'm physically attracted to you and my physical attraction to you inspires me to want to go deeper. And by deeper, I don't mean that as a euphemism. I mean deeper in that I want to get to know you better and then I want to do whatever it takes to have you if I feel like that's the kind of interest I have in you. And so then that's the other challenge because, you know, pictures and digital you know, video dates and things like that don't necessarily give you a full physical picture of somebody, you know? So while for myself and, and, you know, maybe other women as well who aren't necessarily luxist, but also want that physical chemistry, that's where the, where the digital thing becomes a problem. And for men who generally speaking tend to be, uh, uh, externally attracted first, Luxist first because that's just biologically how they're built you know it's like I don't see you except for maybe on your social media and you know I guess I mean you know let me not kid myself someone can be physically attracted to you by looking at your social media but you know is it is it really authentic I mean it's almost like like you're a centerfold in a magazine right I mean, it's like, yeah, you look attractive because, you know, whatever, you've been contrived to look attractive in whatever selfie or whatever you've posted. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm taking this in all different directions because, I, you know, I, like I said, I haven't fully figured out what would be the solution. And until I figure out the solution, I, you know, I can't come from a place of authority of knowing how this, this should sort of play out. I just don't really even have a solution for it. I mean... Unless, because I know that my person is there. And, you know, for those of you who listen to Abraham or, you know, believe in the manifestation thing, I know that my person, you know, source has provided my person. I believe that what we seek is seeking us. Not worried about him existing or anything like that. 
I know that he's, you know, within my reach. I just don't know, know where to reach <laughs> or, you know, what moves to be making, if any, if I'm saying, okay, I'm going to be feminine energy about it. Because I also don't believe in just, you know, thinking your love life will magically happen without any sort of... um openness to it not work for it because like I was saying last week I don't believe that you have to work for it and I think that we've been sold that bill of goods that you have to be enough for it you have to work for it you have to chase after it you know that's why I don't like certain dating apps and stuff like that because it's like mm, I don't know it's a very fine line that we walk I you know in working with matchmaking clients even with my with my female clients especially when I used to have female matchmaking clients my thing would always be okay you've invested all of this money which to me is a very masculine energy action to invest money to find your soulmate right um but now that you have, then, you know, do yourself the favor of then going into your very feminine energy and being very much in surrender around it, flexible around it. And one thing I don't want anyone to get wrong is that masculine and feminine energy has anything to do with uh, uh, archaic gender roles or traditional gender roles. There are just certain, I mean, we all have both masculine and feminine energy and there's just certain aspects of feminine energy that when we espouse them if that's the right word we are healthier because that's biologically how we are built those of us who you know identify as as the female gender biologically psychologically whatever when we take on feminine energy and allow it to flow through us as it's naturally meant to do we are healthier we're happier our lives are easier it, you know, we're less stressed. I mean, I've lost a ton of weight just being in my feminine energy. And I know that I'm in my masculine energy when I'm stressed out, when I'm worried, when I'm anxious, when I'm trying to force things to happen, when I'm, you know, being overly controlling, all masculine energy stuff. And it's not comfortable for me because I'm, I'm aware that my feminine energy makes me healthier. It's almost like, you know, eating healthy. So when I'm eating vegetables, it feels very comfortable to me because I know that I'm being healthy. But then when I, if I go off the rails and I eat stuff that's not good for me, like too much sugar, which I've been doing the last couple of days, I've been probably going in my masculine energy and, you know, feeding it with my, with addictive foods. I don't feel good because I know that I'm trying to force something, that I'm trying to medicate, force, control. There's something I'm stressing about. You know, I just know that that's not the direction I want to go in. So I say all of that to say, I think it's important to maintain my feminine energy. I think it's important to be comfortably, healthfully in that and also be in a solution around attracting someone who will show up in their masculine energy and and be proactive around navigating through this digital space. And, you know, I still, in all of this talking that I've done, have not come up with what is the answer, what is the solution. But I think if we begin to approach it, not with, I don't like to use the word expectation, but approach it with our willingness to be in surrender and flexible and open and communicative about what we want without attaching you know the the forcing of someone else to do it like if, like i could say to you i really want to connect with someone who is proactive about how we meet especially through this pandemic and is looking to create solutions with me as far as how we overcome you know what what is in place socially right now because of this pandemic that's very different sharing something like that with a potential partner is very different than look i want you to do a zoom date with me and then i want us to have a socially distanced first date and then 
what I want is for us to, you know, eventually get together and be together somewhere. Because you're attaching it to that person and you're kind of telling that person what to do. And I don't know. I feel like men in their masculine energy don't respond well to that unless that's what they really want to do. And they have to have, have, they have to feel like it was their idea to begin with in order to have that inherent commitment to it. And I wonder, as I'm saying it, if the, that last dude I was telling you about, the one who um, ghosted before the Zoom, if he felt like I was telling him that's what I want to do and it was attached to him having to do it, you know, maybe I came off more masculine energy than I thought. And because he wasn't really, you know, it wasn't his idea. He wasn't really that committed to it. So he blew it off. And I think that's what men do. Like for all of you, I mean, you, women, you know, out there, like if you've ever gotten ghosted, if, you know, men have been a no show. If you've ever, you know, dragged somebody to something and they didn't really want to do it, you know, they kind of half-assed it or whatever. I mean, you know, the difference between how a man behaves when he wants to do something and us too. I mean, let me not genderize that because we do the same thing. You think about when you really want to do something as opposed to when someone has coaxed you into it. Or someone tells you that they want you to do it or they're bossing you into it or, you know, that they need for you to do it. How you feel about doing it and how you feel about that person that's making you do it. You may care about them still. I'm not saying it makes you hate anybody, but it just it's not you don't have the same level of joy and commitment when you don't feel like it's your own idea. You know, so I think what I want to do is just keep exploring this. I want to keep exploring, you know, what is possible with this and, um, you know, what the solutions are with this, because I do still think it's so important. And I think now more than ever with this pandemic, people are really wanting to connect. And I think it's so important that we are able to connect. I think it's so important that, um, you know, that love continues on now more than ever, because, you know, our mortality is at play with all of this COVID stuff. People are thinking about, you know, life as, life as we knew it has completely changed in such a big way, you know? What does that mean? What does that mean for the future without getting morbid or anything like that? So whether it, whatever it means for the future, love is always going to be important. So I think, you know, continuing on this exploration of how to be comfortably, healthfully, mindfully in feminine energy, not looking to, to force anybody one way or another, being willing to stand up and speak up for what it is that you want without attaching it to someone else, without bossing someone else into it allowing them to have their own ideas, their own input for how they want to navigate. And, um, you know, just being an acceptance and allowance for how they want to show up or not show up. Because if they don't show up, that's fine too. It just means they're not right for you. And if they do show up, you know, are they showing up in a way that, that seems like they're interested and committed or are they kind of half-assing it, not really, not really that into it, not really taking it any further? And there's a lot of reasons why people might be doing that because we are in a pandemic and some people are scared. People don't want to get sick or they're, you know, feeling a little hopeless on the side or, you know, our, our mental wellness is also at play. I think it's really important to stay vulnerable and honest and authentic about how we feel and how we think. And I think that the person who's right for you is going to be able to align with whatever Whatever you're going through right now. I mean, for me, what I'm going through, and, and I say that lightly because I, you know, for the most part, I'd say I'm pretty joyful every day. I don't really have a whole lot of things that I'm, that I'm too stressed out about, except unless it's business stuff or, you know, stuff that I need to figure out, logistics and ad admin and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I'm so grateful and live a joyful life. But you know, I, I just feel like, I don't remember what my original point was, <laughs> but, you know, I feel like the most important thing is just to, um, um, you know, live joyfully, focus on living joyfully and just be communicative, authentic and vulnerable about where we're at. 
right? I mean, everybody's going through this pandemic stuff. And I think the way to get back to, you know, being able to connect on a, on a biological chemical level, like we always have, even with technology being our main source of, of connection, is just to stay real flat and honest about, you know, where we are with this and how we're feeling about this. And so I've decided to do that with, you know, the couple of guys that I'm talking to. I'm just going to be real flat and honest about how I'm feeling and where I'm at with things. Um, yeah, and anybody else, you know, that I meet new, just going to be real flat and honest and see where that goes. You know, one thing I love is that the more authentic, the more honest, the more you really know whether, you know, someone is aligned with you or not. And, you know, don't be afraid of rejection. Don't be afraid of somebody not being right for you because every rejection truly is a favor. And anybody who would walk away from you based on whatever they made up about you or whatever they've interpreted about you, you you know, they're, they're doing you a favor and you're doing a favor for anybody that you walk away from for those same reasons. Right. And so, you know, that's also why I discourage making up stories and interpretations about people, but Anytime that we do that, or anytime anyone does that with us, you know, we're better off not pursuing anything with that person if they've made up stories or they have beliefs based on whatever their past is. Now I'm going down a completely different different road. So yeah, that hour went by fast. I do a lot of talking. You guys know, I mentioned it earlier, I'm, I'm matchmaking strictly for men, selective, selective matchmaking selective choosing specifically for men who are in a growth conversation i'm only taking on a handful of male clients at a time and the biggest criteria is that they be steeped in a conversation of personal growth and wanting to be in a committed relationship and financially free i have a very stringent application acceptance process the men pay to be my client and so i i am working on behalf of the men who are my clients And then my database are the amazing, amazing women who I believe desire and deserve a long-term committed relationship with someone who is steeped in a personal growth conversation. So I'm choosing growth-minded women from all over the world to be in my database and, um, you know, match with the different men. So the client that I'm working with right now, who I absolutely adore, he's an ex pro footballer and for those of you from the u.s i mean soccer player originally from uh well he's from the uk but he's originally from sierra leone and he's looking for a woman who is between the ages of 37 to 55 he's in his late 40s and his perfect woman is growth oriented doesn't take herself too seriously loves to laugh travel and have a fabulous time he's really big into the travel thing and i think as the pandemic lightens up and more people get vaccinated and travel is more possible what he really wants is to be able to have a whining dining traveling you know global kind of life with one woman he is not too strange i mean the age range is is pretty wide late 30s to mid 50s and um you know, he, no kids, unless you're an empty nester. He wants someone who just has the freedom to partner up and travel and have fun and just be beautiful from the inside out. You don't have to be a supermodel. He's not real stringent about that. But, um, you know, just that inner glow takes care of herself, physically active, you know, that sort of thing. Like he's still an athlete, still has, you know, pretty good physique. So he likes to vacation and run around and be on the beach and all of that stuff so you want to be able to do all that stuff as well and so that's it for this week it's been such a pleasure as always my ladies my girls I love talking to you and um I will talk to you next week I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the show for Celebrity Magazine I'm working with my Brian We're trying to figure out. We might not come back until the next season because we're thinking about doing a matchmaking show. If you guys have any ideas for what you'd like to see me do or hear me do, I'm probably going to be interviewing some people in the next few weeks and, you know, just girlfriend chatting you just like this. You know how we do. Anyway, I love you all so much. And um, if you ever start to feel like you're not getting the love that you need, 
just make more and ask for candy because you are a love machine. All right. I love you so much, my sweetheart. And I'll talk to you next week. Take care of yourself. Bye now. Ah! Mom.